Incredible edibles start with Loran. Professional bakery emulsions, super strength flavors, and candy mixes from Loran make it easier than ever to create your own delicious edible experience. Bite Me listeners in the contiguous 48 receive 15% off their order at loranoils.com. Just enter Bite Me 15 at checkout. For listeners outside the 48, email customercare at loranoils.com for a list of distributors and retailers near you and tell them Marge sent you. In this episode of Bite Me, we cover not one, but two recipes in an effort to help you with some of your last minute holiday baking. Welcome to Bite Me, the show about edibles where I help you take control of your high life. And who am I? I am the hostess with the mostest, Marge, and I'm so glad you're listening today because otherwise I'd be talking to myself and that would not be fun. So anyway, let's get into it, shall we? This week's episode, like I said, we're going to be covering a couple of recipes. So before we get into it, a little reminder, if you haven't entered the subscriber giveaway, then please do so. You just have to go on over to bitemepodcast.com and over there you'll find it. I have added another new thing on the website. If you go over there, you'll notice there's an age gate on it now because I guess I really need to be making sure that you miners out there who are wanting to do some baking are not accessing my website because you should be going to a website that does not cover cannabis cooking because you do need to be of age to be doing that. So you'll notice that's there, that's new, but there is a button you can click so it'll remember you for a couple of months so you don't have to keep doing that. And the one thing I want to make sure I did as well is not force you to put in your birth date because at the dispensary, I am consistently trying to access websites for the cannabis brands that we carry in the store because sometimes I get asked questions and I don't have the answers at my fingertips. Crazy, I know, right? One day, maybe give me another year and I'll have everything memorized. But until then, I have to go to these websites and I'm confronted with this age gate that for whatever reason, as cute as they try to make it, they're always like, oh, pardon me, I have to ask your age before you can access this website. Well, damn it, I don't want to put in the fact that I'm in my 40s every single time, specific with a a month, day, and year. Like, it's just, I find it such a pain in the ass. So anyway, I didn't want to do that to you guys. So it's just a simple yes or no. Are you 19 or not? I put 19 because that's the legal age in Canada, obviously, if you're in the United States. Uh, I'm probably going to have to play around with that a little bit. Um, If you're not 21 or whatever the case might be in your area, please don't enter the website. That's it. That's my PSA for today. But anyway, I wanted to keep it really simple. So that's something you'll notice over there. And hopefully you'll be going over there because if you're making lots of edibles this season as well, you'll be using the dosing calculator that I created for free for you guys to use so that you could figure out how potent your edibles were before you gift them. I am... Uh, making some edibles this year for some people in mind. I have some loved ones and some co-workers and that kind of thing that I'm going to be gifting some edibles to. And it's always a nice touch when you can write on the package, however you package up your gifts, to put in an approximation of how potent you think they are based on the information that you have at hand. on hand. I know this might not be 100% accurate, but I'm going to tell you right now that the person receiving the gift, if they have an idea how potent the edibles are that they're receiving, will be far more excited to eat them than if they have no idea. Because I have talked to people, I think we talked about this in last week's episode with Chef Brent Leach, and if you haven't listened to that one yet, it's a doozy. I definitely recommend that you check that one out. But we did talk about how he was gifted edibles and just told, you know, if you don't eat a lot of edibles, 
just eat half a cookie. Well, that's great. But he mentioned also that he's pretty sensitive to THC and five milligrams of cannabis is enough for him when it comes to an edible. I myself, I'm probably in your 40, 50 range of milligrams for edibles that I eat. And I know people who can eat 100, 200, 250. I have a coworker that can eat 250 milligram edibles. Do they knock around or is that pretty heavy dose? Yes. If I ate 250 milligrams, I would be high for days and I would be calling into work because there's no way I could function. So, and this woman is the tiniest person. She's the tiniest person. And I find personally, in my experience, just talking with all kinds of people about their tolerances when it comes to edibles is that gender doesn't play a role. How much you smoke really has nothing to do with it. Um, Sex, all that stuff. It's your unique biology that's going to dictate your tolerance. And I feel like it sort of stays at a, you know, a pretty consistent level. You can eat lots of edibles and it might increase a little bit, but you still always have that sort of baseline, I guess, of where you're going to be at. So when you're making edibles for people, it's a really nice touch to be able to say, hey, I think this cookie is 20 milligrams. And then they can eat that with a little more confidence, you know, knowing that you haven't made probably 100 milligram cookies, cookie, and they're going to eat half of that. And then that's going to fuck them right up because, you know, they're a five or 10 milligram person. You want to give the gift of relaxation, of joy, of, of, comfort. You don't want to give the gift of hell because I'm sure if any of you have gone through an overdose of edible cannabis, it is not fun. It is not fun at all. So please make use of that free dosing calculator. It's under the resources tab on the website, bitemepodcast.com. So that's the little bit of housekeeping today. And if you do enter the subscriber giveaway, I'm probably going to do it sometime before Christmas. You're not going to get it before Christmas because it's, I don't think it would arrive in time anyway, but uh, it's a gold leaf cooking journal. And I'm pretty excited about that because they're just fantastic journals where you can keep notes on the infusions you're making or any great recipes that you like to to go, like if you have any go-to recipes you want to keep note of any notes of when you're creating in the kitchen. And it's a pretty indispensable little journal to have. So that's my giveaway. I know there's tons of giveaways going on right now. I find it funny because there are so many and there's so many great giveaways and I want to enter them all. But then I want to give away sort of mid-November, actually somebody that I knew that was doing it and I won and it was a really great prize. And one of the things was a, a rolling tray it's a really big rolling tray that I actually end up using every single night um, because I keep some stuff on it and I usually like to bring it out to whatever room that I happen to be in. And it's just so handy to have everything on a tray. So I use it all the time, but now I feel like I'm not going to win any more giveaways because I've had my one chance and that's just the way it goes. So fortunately, fortunately for me, or unfortunately, I guess no more giveaways for me, but please enter mine. I'd like to see you win. And it's my little thank you. Thank you to you guys for being a listener of this show and for signing up for the Edibles Enthusiast newsletter that I send out about once a month, usually at the beginning of the month, thereabouts. So anyway, what are the recipes for today? We're going to start with the one that's a little more unusual. And I found this one online. I follow a blog called Nourished Kitchen. And the author over there, Jenny, does a wonderful job of whole foods cooking from scratch. And a lot of the recipes 
are beautiful. They really are beautiful. And this one, she she shared this. I got it through her, but it wasn't actually on her website. I will certainly link to it so you can find the original recipe yourself. But it was candied orange peels. And I thought that sounds really unique. And the pictures in this in this blog post, if you will, were beautiful. And they really could make a nice gift if you sort of prettied them up and put them in a tin with a nice little bow and all that stuff. So I really wanted to try it. And the candied orange peels were quite interesting because you don't really think of orange peels as something that you would eat very often or that it would taste good. And lo and behold, I was pleasantly surprised when I did eat them. Now I made them two times and I'm going to tell you why in a minute, but basically this is the kind of it is a bit of a project recipe because what I ended up doing was using infused sugar. So that extra step meant that I I had to make the infused sugar first because I had made um, infused sugar like a while ago, but I had used it all up. So I didn't have any left. I have infused salt in my pantry actually still, but I haven't really used that for anything. It appears to date the infused sugar is a far more versatile infusion that I have used a lot more than the infused salt. But I guess the infused salt, it's the kind of thing it's not going to go bad. So it'll be there whenever I need it. So if you're doing one or the other, it's certainly worth it. Now the infused uh, sugar is pretty simple to make. There is a recipe for that in the recipe section. I'll link to it in the show notes so it's easy to find, but I do have it on my webpage. The only caveat is that you don't want to do that on a gas stove. I ended up uh, doing mine on a dehydrator because you're using an alcohol-based tincture in order to infuse the sugar. And you, of course, don't want the alcohol vapor or fumes around a gas stove, which I happen to have. What I ended up doing, um, like I said, I put it on a, in a dehydrator instead and did it that way, and that worked out just fine. So in when I made the candied orange peels with that infused sugar, I was still pretty paranoid because it comes out pretty green and, you know, it still has a bit of that scent of alcohol. Maybe I should have evaporated more off of it, but I get really paranoid about that stuff. I do have an induction hot plate that I used when I made this recipe. So if you have a gas stove and you're in the same spot, that's something you can certainly do. This induction hot plate is actually fantastic. It heats up so fast. It's like a salt in one. It's nothing particularly fancy. It's just one burner. And I was hoping to use it for some other projects upcoming. Stay tuned. But what I did, I've just got it at a garage sale. It was like brand new forget how much I paid for, like 20 bucks or something like that, which my husband thought I got ripped off, but whatever. And I did see the same ones on Amazon for 75. That would be 75 Canadian, of course. And I've seen them also since the exact same ones, it appears at Costco for 50 bucks. So these things are out there, they're available, and they're not necessarily too expensive. So if you're going to be doing a lot of this type of stuff, working with alcohol-based tinctures and fusions, and you have a gas stove, uh, a little device like this can give you some peace of mind so that you're not working around an open flame when you're using those types of ingredients. So I digress. I will link to that in the show notes so you can see what it looks like. There's probably all kinds of them out there, but this induction one heats up so fast. It's actually faster even than my gas stove. And gas stoves are known for their their quick and immediate heat. So I was pretty impressed with that. But for these candied orange peels, what you basically need are three oranges, two cups of water, one cup of sugar, plus more for coating, and one scored vanilla bean or 
pure pure vanilla extract. And I ended up using the vanilla extract because I went to go make these. I didn't have the vanilla bean on hand. I have since bought some actually, but uh, when I made these, like I said, I don't, I didn't have it on hand. So sometimes you just got to make do with what you've got so you don't drive yourself crazy. She says in the article, the author of this, which I'll have to get the name for, but again, it'll be linked to in the show notes, three oranges. I think the first time I made it, I did a half batch and she said she used Cora Cora oranges and I can't remember which variety that is. And I know I didn't use those. In fact, I think I used clementines for a lot of it because I, around here, clementines seem to be really in season before Christmas and you get those crates and I love them. They're delicious. So that's what I ended up using and they seem to work out just fine. The, the trick here is sometimes you don't want to eat three oranges in a row. And I think I did more than that for the clementines because obviously they're probably smaller in size than the Cora Cora oranges that she was referring to. And what she suggested in the article was that you use a Bego or something like that. And I think the the article was a bit of a paid partnership with a Bego. But having said that, I have a Bego. I use it in my kitchen and I love it. And if you don't know what a Bego is, it is a beeswax food wrap that is an alternative to saran wrap. I haven't used saran wrap actually in quite some time. I'm really trying to reduce my plastic waste so I can help the planet. Just one piece of plastic at a time, I guess. And the Sabigo stuff is really great because it smells nice. It has that, you know, smell of, of beeswax and you can reuse it. You basically wash it in cold water and soap and it has a bit of a sticky texture because it is the beeswax. And you can use it to clothe, like to as a lid, like you just put on a jar, you can wrap food in it. It's great for wrapping food in it because it's like a second skin and it will preserve things in your fridge for a lot longer than what otherwise would. If you have something like when you get herbs from the grocery store and they're in those little plastic packages, take them out of those, put it in something like a Bego and it'll last a lot longer. In fact, they're always posting, I get some of their emails and they're always posting about people who are like, I forgot my, my basil in the fridge and I opened it up two weeks later and there it was, it was still fresh or, you know, my head of broccoli that nobody ever likes to eat is still preserved in the back of the fridge two weeks later. I, and I can't say from personal experience, they are great. And I am no, in no way affiliated with this company. I don't have an affiliate thing or whatever. I just really like their product. I think there's other ones out there too. Um, I think I, I also have ones called bees bags, maybe, or something like that. It's the exact same idea, only they've already sewn them up into little bags, which are great for putting sandwiches in if you're going to work or, or that kind of thing. So if you can't eat all the oranges at once, just simply store it in something, an abigo or something to keep it fresh for a couple of days till you can get around to collecting it up enough of these peels to make your candied orange peels. Um, they do suggest some optional coatings for the end, and I ended up not using any of them, but they suggest fine coconut, melted chocolate, coarse nuts, or, or, or sorry, chopped nuts, uh, and coarse sugar that you can put on the top. And like I said, I didn't do any of those. It seemed quite fine without. So like I said, I made it two ways because the first time I made it, you're basically cutting up the orange peels so that they are a nice, thin, relatively, uh, relatively the same size as much as you can get them strips and like little stick sizes. So you want them all as uniform as possible for the best results, especially when you're trying to dose these later. Uh, you put some, some water in a pot and you bring it to a boil. And as soon as it comes to a boil, you, 
you drain it and then you do that again and that reduces the bitterness of the oranges so that when you eat them, they're not super bitter. And then you take those orange peels and you pretty well put them in a pot with the water and the sugar and you boil it for a while. That's that's the gist of it really. And the first time I did these, I think I left them for a bit a little bit too long. And as we all know, sometimes you have to watch some of these things because the temperatures on stovetops and ovens can vary quite a bit. And I kind of let them go. So by the time I took them off the stove or off my induction burner, in this case, they were pretty, they were starting to get candied, like really candy, like they had a hard coating, they were sticking together. It's almost like I was making a hard candy. They were getting to that point. And that's not really the way they looked in the picture when I saw them at first. So I thought, you know what, I really need to try this again. And they did get really hard. So they had like a pretty hard coating on them by the time that the the sugar water cooled off. And you are supposed to let them sit out for a while, I think like overnight or for 24 hours to let them cool and to, what else is the reason? Um, you're supposed to let them dry. Well, it's sort of kind of hard. So I tried it again. And the second time I made them, they looked a lot more like the picture there. And they, it was still obviously pretty syrupy when I took them off this, off the burner and I let them cool. And, you know, I think I kind of like the ones that were a little harder and crustier better, which is interesting. If you are going to do it and go that way, you really do need to pull them apart because they start to harden. And otherwise, if you don't, when they're drying on your parchment paper afterwards, they will stay in like a pretty, like they'll just snap off because it is very candied in that case. And the second version, which was a lot more like what it was supposed to be in the picture, they were nice, but they, I kind of like that hard candy coating. It made them feel more candied than the ones that, that was less so, if that makes sense. I hope I'm being clear here. So that's the one, one of the ones. And I, I ate up the first batch faster than the second batch. The second batch I still have. Now, mind you, I've been making a lot of other stuff, but I just kind of like the crunch. It felt more candied, like I said, and the orange flavor is really great. It's, uh, I don't know, if you like something like Terry's chocolate oranges, you would probably like something like this. And like I said, you could put them in a nice little tin and give them as a gift to somebody. And they do get you high. Can confirm. Can confirm on that. So the second recipe that we're going to be doing, or I'm going to be talking about, and hopefully you'll be giving it a try, if you need to get some holiday baking done. And I know we're all pretty busy these days because it is getting close to Christmas and there just seems to be a lot of planning and it's just a busy time of year, no matter what it is that you're doing, it feels like. But the next one is a whipped shortbread recipe. And I really like shortbread. I realized over the years how much I do like it. And I thought, how is it that I've never, ever made any shortbread? I've never made it. I've never made shortbread cookies and I really enjoy it. Why not? Well, I can tell you why. And that's because before I started making edibles, I hardly ever did any baking. Because if it's not infused, is it even is it even baking? I'll let you answer that question. I think not. But in any case, I, I haven't really done that much baking. So until, it wasn't until I started experimenting in my kitchen and way, alternative ways to get high that I realized that baking offered a whole world of ways to satisfy my sweet tooth while also um, getting high. So, you know, 
here we are. But that is why I've never made shortbread. So I got this recipe. This is a family recipe handed down generation to generation. Well, that's not actually true, I don't think. But it is a family recipe. And shout out to Amy, who does my nails on a regular basis. She shared this recipe that is used in her family quite often. And the one thing, and we were talking about it at my last appointment, and one of the things I loved about it was that it was so easy. And she has shared recipes before that did not disappoint. So of course I had to try these. And it's three ingredients, you guys, three. One cup of butter, soft butter, so like room temperature butter, half a cup of icing sugar, and one one and a half cups of all-purpose flour. And that's all you need. And from there, it's pretty simple. Sift together your icing sugar and your flour and whip with butter for at least 10 minutes. That Those were all the instructions. And then you bake them 325 to 350. And what does that look like? Eight inches to 10 inches. I'm not really sure what that meant. After that, some of these notes, because it was a handwritten recipe, I kind of had to decipher myself. But that was, that was pretty much it. And I gave them a shot. Now I am going to say, like I said, I haven't made, I haven't made shortbread before, so I didn't really have a point of comparison, but the dough was very, quite, quite soft. So I was more like spooning these onto be onto the baking pan on the parchment paper because they weren't, the dough wasn't solid enough in order to use a cookie cutter. And that was probably something I did on my end. The butter I was using was very soft and probably what I need to do is just add a little bit less butter. It also calls, like I said, for a cup of butter. And if you if it, that's infused, that those can end up with pretty potent cookies. Again, you could go to the dosing calculators and kind of try and figure out, even before you start the recipe, how much of the infused butter you want to use. I did end up using all infused butter, but you could certainly do a mixture of infused and non-infused butter if you're trying to make these lower dose for whatever reason. So don't be afraid to do that either. But and if, when they came out of the oven too, again, I wasn't sure, but this is all because I've never made shortbread before. And I am going to say that they didn't look perfect. So I'm going to try this recipe again, probably with a little bit less butter and you may need to play around with it because temperature could play a pretty big role here. But they taste fantastic. And I thought at first, because of course I had a little teeny tiny taste of the of the dough when it was, you know, when I was when I was baking them, and it tasted pretty green. Like I thought I could really taste the cannabis in it. But then once they were baked and the finished product came out and they had cooled a bit, they were great. I didn't notice a heavy cannabis taste at all, actually. So I was very happy with the way they turned out. And because they were so simple to make, three ingredients. If you don't have icing sugar, it's certainly something you can pick up the next time you're hitting the grocery store and it's pretty cheap. You just need to have your infused butter to do this one. These ones are not vegan, of course, but maybe you can make them. I, I feel like you kind of need the butter for a shortbread cookie, but this is a quick recipe you can whip up right before Christmas if you need some last minute edibles to put together. And once again, you can always add a nice little bow to something and make it look pretty. And people love getting edibles as gifts. I know I do. So I like to make them as well. So those are the two episodes this week, you guys. I hope you have a chance to make them for yourself or for someone you care about because nothing says I love you like a handmade gift. And for next week, I am going to be talking about apple cider. So if you have a chance to pick up some apple cider also, then you will be well suited to tr- to uh, next week's episode as well. So I, I definitely encourage you to pick some of that up 
um, next time you're at the grocery store or if you're thinking about it so you can try some of these special cider recipes that I got my hands on recently that I think you're going to love. So that's it for this week. Like I mentioned, once again, if you love this ed- uh, episode, please feel free to share with somebody that you also think would like to to have a listen or to try some of the recipes or to follow along because they are also edibles lovers. And you can also support the show by leaving a fantastic review or I don't know what else. There's all kinds of ways you can you can support the show. So I hope you do, and I'm so glad that you're listening, and I hope you're staying safe this holiday, whatever that looks like for you, and stay safe and stay high, my friends. 